Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. With your latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Jonathan Twigg. David Powers Police have confirmed the body found at a derelict building in Pembroke Dock last Thursday, 24 hours after she was reported missing, is that of teenager Kiana Patton. The 16-year-old's death being registered with Her Majesty's coroner as unexplained. Councillor Mel Phillips updated Pembroke Town Councillors of a constant stench coming from the Pembroke Mill Pond, which Town Clerk Susie Thomas explained that the water level in the pond had been dropped so that Pembrokeshire County Council could carry out works on the sluice gate. For the pond to be refilled, the options were to wait for it to refill with rainwater or with tidal water, but there were issues with the latter option. Councillor Dennis Evans said the Town Council had spent a great deal of time trying to work out who owned the pond, and the County Council had lowered the water without speaking to anyone, and while the Council had agreed to return the pond to tidal, they subsequently found they did not have the necessary power to do so. A further meeting of the Pembroke Town Council to discuss the matter would be needed, the Mayor informed councillors. Local Assembly member Paul Davis recently attended a cross-party group meeting on beer and pubs to celebrate the growing number of breweries in Wales and the contribution pubs make to local communities' economies. The Priscilla Pembrokeshire Assembly member highlighted how many pubs across the county showcase food and drink, which is, more often than not, sourced locally in the area, providing visitors with an opportunity to get a real taste of what the county has to offer, whilst also being community hubs and centres in some cases, they doubling up as libraries, even post offices operating from there. Twelve Pembrokeshire eateries feature in the latest edition of the AA's Restaurant Guide for 2020, including Andrew and Mandy Sterling of Wolf Castle Country Spa Hotel and Restaurant, and Trefloin Manor and Trefloin Manor and Golf Club near Tenby. The Haverford West Over the Moon and Light Lantern Parade takes place on Thursday the 31st of October, celebrating space and the night sky, marking 50 years since the first moon landing. The parade will start at the Castle Square at 7pm and make its way through the streets of the town to Haverford West Castle, with a bicycle-powered cinema featuring short films to celebrate the moon, the stars and the autumnal dark sky will be shown. A Halloween run of terror will take place on Friday the 1st of November between 5pm and 9pm. Starting from Manila's Cafe on Naila Marina, the Halloween fun begins with a children's run at 6pm, followed by the 5k run of terror at 6.30pm. Further details are available from organisers, Nayland Town Councillor Johnny Sutton or Anna Busby of Manila's Cafe. With Christmas now just nine Fridays away, Saundersfoot Footlights have begun rehearsals for the family favourite pantomime, Jack and the Beanstalk, scripted by Peter Rowe with Clive Raymond as musical director. It'll mean an expected sellout of the performances in the village's Regency Hall, which start on Monday December the 2nd to Friday December the 6th, all at 7.30pm with a matinee on Saturday, December the 7th at 2pm. Tickets are available online now for www.saundersfootamdram.co.uk at £8 for the Monday performance and £10 for the rest of the week. With your local sports, I'm Harry Twig. Kiru cricketer Tom Davis, the most recent recipient of the Pembroke County Cricket Club George Cole Trophy, has put pen to paper to sign for South Wales Premier League Carmarthen Wanderers for the 2020 season. A county side regular over the past few seasons, he topped the batting averages last season and came second in the bowling averages. The Tenby teacher joining a raft of talented Pembrokeshire cricketers, plying their trade at the highest levels in Wales. Top order batsman Steve Inwood and his Langham teammate, all-rounder Steve Mills, were joined last season by former Whitland cricketer Jesson Skirfield, alongside veteran left-arm bowler Ian Hughes, formerly of Narbuth. 
The Pembrokeshire Jacks were in full voice on Sunday after Swansea City won the South Wales derby 1-0 over Cardiff City at the Liberty Stadium. And post-match, I asked manager Steve Cooper was he delighted with the result and his tactics. More than good for the, for the result, but so to, uh, to do it with um, a performance like that, one that we'd planned for, is, uh, is pleasing. But when the game did settle and we were allowed to play, I thought we were... We were the team that we want to be, you know, we were, we were creative, we played through the lines, we created numerous chances, maybe slightly slightly disappointed we've not won by two or three, um, but uh, but we'll take the 1-0, that's for sure. I'm Jonathan Twig, and you're up to date with all your latest Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio. Well, that got their attention. <coughs> yeah. Welcome back to the West Files. <laughs> Must be nearly Halloween. Never. So we thought we'd play a Halloween jingle. Because we're back. We're back. We're back for the winter season. And we're going to kick off with some interesting questions. Are we? We're g- yeah, we're going to be talking about what is a ghost. Oh, yes. Because it's that yes. time of year. It's that time of year. And then uh, we're going to find out about the most haunted house in the world. Oh. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. Coming oh, up will. later. I will. But first of all, oh. we're going to find out what is a ghost. Yes. In a while. Okay. People are strange when you're strangers. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. The streets are uneven when you're down, when you're strange. Strange, no one remembers your name when you're strange. When you're strange, when you're strange, people are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down.
Seriously, Ronnie, how long have you been on this show? And you make a rookie mistake like leave the mic sliders up. Who's sat in front of the mixer? Me. <laughs> who's the host of the show? Me. Yeah, who's the one in control? Me. Yeah, there you go. Who forgot sort. to move the mic slider down? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back. <clears throat> it's because I've spent umpteen times in America mm. recently mm. on their systems, which are slightly different than our systems. Mm. And, of course, once you queue... On their computer, once I press the play button, it knocks the mic, the mic out. Ah, you're so allowed then. I'd you're forgotten allowed. all about yes. it. My apologies. Anyway, let's get back to the... Because it could have been a ghost. It could, it could have been. What is a ghost, anyway? <clears throat> and why has it got different names? That's an interesting question. In fact, that's two interesting questions. Because the big problem we've got with, with I mean, ghosts... Well, let me ask you first of all. Mm. Let me just bounce it back to you. Okay. You tell me what you think a ghost is. Oh, thank you. Um, to me, I suppose, from what I understand and what I think, it's what's left after a person's gone, after they've died. And perhaps somebody that's still hanging around for whatever reason. Well, you know, I mean, isn't that... The way everybody considers ghosts, we use we throw the word around, yeah, and we all think we know what it means. Um, or in fact, you know, we, we there are people who say that they know what it means, but it is an infernal question. Mm. You know, it's been what is a ghost? It lies at the very heart of everything um, that relates to ghost investigation or being in haunted buildings, or even whether we think that we survive death. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, it's like, let's, let's look at some, because, you, you know, we've got these scientists, these, these clever academics, these parapsychologists. Oh, yeah. Never uh, heard of them before. Really? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, parapsychologists are simply... Uh, I was going to say, what is a parapsychologist? Well, first of all, well, before we get to what is a ghost, what is a parapsychologist? A parapsychologist is simply a normal psychologist. Right. And we have psychologists yeah. on Pure West, don't we? Yeah. Uh, but they specialise in studying um, the phenomena of ghosts uh, and people experiencing the paranormal. Ah, right. Predominantly, they focus in the laboratory examining sort of telepathy and extrasensory perception um, and all of these sort of uh, is that to phenomena see... of the mind yes. rather than... Yeah, is that to see if somebody's got something that they can detect a ghost with or...? No, no. What they're, lo- what they're actually looking at is whether... They're, they're really studying human consciousness ah, in reality. big difference. And, yeah. fu- and, and trying to determine whether some aspect of human consciousness survives death oh. or whether, as some psychologists are doing, that the whole thing about ghosts and apparitions and experiencing ghosts is just something in our own minds rather than something outside of us, something that haunts a building or haunts a location. So that's what parapsychologists do. And they, they of course, I mean, they offer different opinions on the subject. Um, You know, most of them consider that ghosts represent nothing more than hallucinations. Really? Or some other unusual, unkind trick of the mind. You know, that's the that's the sort of generally accepted view of parapsychology. There are one or two exceptions. There are parapsychologists, of course, who who do uh, consider 
that there is a phenomena that's worthy of of, of examination. Um, but of course, there is no doubt that ghosts absolutely exist. Is there? And I'm not saying that in a in a glib no. way, because every day people experience ghosts. That they is, see yeah, them, yeah. they hear them, they interact with them, and there are you know for them they are a very real human experience. Yeah, that is true. But let's look at some of the definitions because I mean there there's lots of definitions of what ghosts represent, and that all of them though make uh, make assumptions that are based upon our general notions and our beliefs. Like I asked you before, what is a ghost? Yeah. So according to the Oxford English Dictionary, a ghost is, and I'll quote it, an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or become manifest to the living, typically as a nebulous image. Is that an orb? No. That's no. how the Oxford Dictionary... Oh, so right. an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or become ah, manifest right, of the living, okay. typically as a nebulous a image. Nebulous. And that's how we always think of it, you know, the figure of yeah. Anne Boleyn or Mary Queen yeah, of Scots. Yeah, they're not quite there, but they are, yeah. But, of course, you've got lots of examples in which the ghosts or the apparitions of living people have appeared. Really? Um, oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> how could... and, of course, you've got lots and lots of ghost buses, ghost aeroplanes, ghost cars yeah um so it rather throws i mean it demonstrates because the oxford english dictionary said it's an apparition of a dead person well, well obviously you can't get a dead bus <laughs> so well, no that is true so that's an inanimate object so therefore exactly so there's a problem though with the dictionary definition as well yes already um, now let's uh, let's go to one of the clever parapsychologists because in 2002 a colleague of mine, parapsychologist Ian Baker, offered a definition of a ghost in, in uh, one of his papers. And it said, a sensory experience in which there appears to be present a personal or person or animal, deceased or living, who is in fact out of the sensory range of the person having the experience. Okay, break that down into layman's terms. Okay, well... What he's saying there is it's it's sensory experience, and it appears that there is a person or animal, right, that may be dead or, or alive. Living. How can you have a living ghost? Well, we'll we'll get onto them later. But in fact, the majority of ghosts are actually of living people. Um, but then goes on to say, so it's a sensory experience. But then he goes on to say it's out of the sensory range of the That's person. That's the bit I don't quite get. Well, it. It's gobbledygook, basically. Oh, good. Yeah, um, <laughs> That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it is, in fact, complete not a twaddle because he's saying it's a sensory experience that's out of the sensory range of... So, in other words, you can't have it because it's not in your sensory range? Yeah, that's essentially what the clever academic was saying in that, in that situation. So why didn't he put it in English? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, of course, he makes that, again, that makes that definition of it being a person or an animal. Yeah. Okay, living or dead. Yeah. Um, but, of course, as I said before, you've got people who've witnessed buses and taxis they've described smells of burning timber yeah or cigarette smoke or cigar smoke and as you spotted by what mechanism can anybody have a sensory experience that's out of the sensory, sensory range range it doesn't make sense to not me. at all let's have some music let's yeah mull that over for a moment oh thank you <laughs> Thank you. 
close at hand Creatures crawl in search of blood To terrorize your neighborhood And whosoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell Yeah, so I, did you get your head around that before? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Right, well, let's find... I mean, if you want to join in and find... Tell us what you think a ghost is, whether you agree with the dictionary, whether you agree with the parapsychologist, whether you agree with me or Ronnie, uh, you can get on our Facebook page and um, tell us there, or you can email us direct in. It's studio at purewestradio.com. Yep. And you can tell us what you think a ghost is. Mm. Meanwhile, um, Ronnie... <laughs> <laughs> had five minutes of thriller there just to uh, give you time to um, mull that one over. Yes. A sensory experience that you can't experience with your senses. It doesn't make sense. No, it's no. all yeah. bollocks. There's a lot of name. I mean, okay, we're saying the word ghost. Yep. And we're using that. Yep. But there are other names that they're called. Spirits. Um, do people... Is is that the same thing? Is a ghost no, a spirit? No, they actually have very different uh, recognised differences between them. Um, but they all get lumped together and the words get used interchangeably. Yeah. An apparition is something that appears. Yeah. In fact, the apparition is more often and commonly used for things like the Virgin Mary. Really? Um, or the appearance of some miraculous saint. Yeah. So, but we also use it for. for I saw an apparition. I saw an apparition, which is an, another way of saying I saw a ghost. Well, no, it's well, yeah, but it's also you saying I saw something that appeared. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, you know, because apparition means something to ah. appear. How long has? I mean, I know it can go back centuries with it with people saying centuries. they've seen, yeah, millennia. Okay, millennia. When when did it start getting used, the word ghost, as referring to somebody that was dead? In the common parlance, it's actually been been around since the Bible. Um, ah. You have references to to ghosts as we understand them and as they're defined. Yeah. These, these apparitions of people yeah. um, being used in the Bible. Throughout the Sumerian culture, you know, several, uh, a thousand years BC, the first actual ghost story from, with as we would understand it, takes place in first century uh, Athens. Really? And a philosopher and educator there um, by the name of Athenodorus. 
Ooh, yeah, not, a, not a common name. No, um, <laughs> it's not heard before. He he found out that there was a, a property in Athens that was supposedly haunted, and it intrigued him. Nobody would live there, so he took rent of it. Mm. He he decided, right, I'm going to rent it. I'm going to live there, and he moved in. Yeah. And on the first night there, he was busy writing away with his quill pen, and he became aware of a noise, of footsteps and of rattling chains and of moaning your classic Dickens ghost I was going to say that that totally brings you straight into the Christmas time he glanced up and noticed that there was a figure there ah an apparition and he waved it away and went back to his books so he wasn't bothered by it he bade it wait told it to wait because also he was also aware that you know he didn't want to this this chair's great this chair's still squeaking really annoying yeah um, anyway, after a few moments, he he gave it some attention, and it beckoned him and led him out. So he, he picked up his candle and he followed it, and it led him outside into a courtyard, and the ghost, still rattling his chains, pointed mournfully at the ground, didn't speak, pointed at the ground. Typical Dickensian, mm, isn't it? Very, very. I mean, yeah. Dickens was aware of the story. Yeah. And uh, Athenodorus marked the spot. And then the next day, when the sun came up, he had one of his servants dig at that spot mm. and uncovered a skeleton ah. wrapped in chains. Was it the same one? Well, he this didn't see it. a skeleton, he saw a figure. Yeah. But they, he had the skeleton exhumed, he had the skeleton buried yeah. in consecrated ch- in yeah. ground, and the ghost appeared no more. Ah. And uh, that was actually written by Pliny the Younger in a series of letters from Athens yeah. about this uh, uh, about So, so that I mean that's the first documented ghost story that happens yeah. 2,000 years ago and you've got ghost stories in every culture and every civilization ever since and they all revolve around the, the ghost that is what people assume it and say that they are you no know, they, no they, they don't all most do and that's right. how we get this this socio-cultural idea of what a ghost is yeah um but it's slightly different it's slightly different for everybody oh yeah and how they interpret these experiences because a ghost is an experience yes you know you can't we haven't yet been able to photograph them we haven't been able to catch one and and put it in a box Box despite what you might see on television (laughs) yeah um so we're left with this conundrum yeah what it what actually is a ghost well first of all we have this problem over the, the definition. Trend. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> and of course, all these definitions show that when it comes to the experience, we're just guessing or we're just imposing our own beliefs onto trying to answer the question. Um, whenever we talk about ghosts as we're doing now or we write about ghosts, do we even know that we're all considering the same thing? That's Your true. Your version yeah. of a ghost is going to be different than my version of a ghost is going to be different than some of the guests we've had over, yeah, over, the, exactly, the, yes. the, over the show. Um, you know, a flitting, the flitting shape seen out of your corner, of, uh, you know, the, the edge of your a vision. vision yeah. and people say, oh, I've seen a ghost. Or the solid apparition as it took place in York of armor clad Roman soldiers or translucent figures that glide silently across floors only to disappear through walls. <laughs> All of those are called ghosts. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, so the word ghost is therefore, you know, it's just a generic, isn't it? It's it's an all-encompassing term. Use. It's, it's rather like the word car. Yeah. 
all know what a car is, but there's many, 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 many different, different makes types models. of cars. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So one of the problems I had because when I when I was writing and I'm actually using it to refer to because it's been a long time since. <laughs> um, <laughs> but is is course is you know how do you define a ghost? And that's the first problem. Yeah. The first issue that you have. So how do you? Well, it is a sensory experience. Yes, that would make sense. And it's a sensory experience that we can't explain. Ah. But we know that they exist. Why can't we explain it? Because we don't have enough information about them. Ah. There isn't enough known about... You know, people have been... Uh, the Ghost Club... Uh, well, in fact, people were researching ghosts from... I mean, people think ghost hunting is a modern phenomenon. It just absolutely isn't. People were investigating the phenomena in the 1500s and 1600s. Uh, Joseph Glanville wrote a, a very long-winded title book, in Latin, the title of which in Latin eludes me, but it runs about 17 words. Oh, um, Daniel Defoe. Really? Daniel Defoe, who wrote, of course, um, Robinson Crusoe. Mm -hmm. He wrote an excellent book in 1725, which looked at the study of ghosts and apparitions and um, how, what they mean from a, a human experience point of view. Whoa. And that, that his, his book title is 35 words long. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise But it actually, me? it's interesting. He cautions people not to be so gullible and not to accept everything as the... As what they see, as you know, as the first thing that they experience, right. that there are other things that can trick the mind and can trick the the person. But that's the same for a lot of things as well, isn't it? Um, it is, but you can't be tricked by if you see a bus, you know, there's a bus there. Yeah, unless it's a ghost bus. Unless it's a ghost bus, of course. But um, do you? We we learn to trust our senses. We have to trust our senses. That's if we didn't trust got. our senses, we wouldn't survive for very long. No, because that's what we've got. That's all we've got. Yeah. And one of the the common things that you do here is people saying, "I know what I saw. I know what I heard." But in reality, um, if you study the brain, the brain has a terrible capacity for tricking people because it's trying to make sense of the data it's receiving. So and it doesn't always get if it can often get it wrong. That's why we see faces in fires, and that's why we see shapes in the curtains or in clouds. And, and I think it's the yeah, brain trying to make is, sense yeah. of the world around it. I mm. mean, the one with the clouds, <coughs> shapes in the clouds. I'm guilty of that one. You know, it keeps the kids quiet. So if you see something, um, if you're walking around down the high street in Haverford West and you see a figure, then you're not going to think that much about it. But if we then take you into a, a haunted place. Right. And you see a shape or a shadow flit past. Yeah. You are immediately going to assume that that's paranormal and that's yeah. a ghost. Yeah. And horror movies play on that. And well, yeah. The television programmes play on that and the ghost events play on that because that is a human failing of our sensory systems. Why do we want to... Why are we so interested in ghosts? And You know, people th that want to see them want to find them, and there's the others that say they're totally terrified of them. Why are we so interested? Well, let's mull that question over and okay. have some music. Thank you.
Hey, so the question you asked before Ray started to uh, sing to us. Ghostbust everything. To ghostbust everything. <laughs> Ghostbusters 3, July yeah. 2020. Oh, yes. I know, anyway, you're drooling. <clears throat> right, anyway. Why are we interested in ghosts? Yeah. Why are, why are people... And I'm, I'm not talking just academics, you know, and, and professors and all that. Your average person. Why are we so interested in either wanting to know, wanting to see one even... The real answer to that, the short answer to that is because we're frightened of dying. Because if ghosts exist, if then that, and that can be proven, yeah. then what you're also proving is that we survive death. Right. And people generally have a deep-rooted fear of death being final. 
And there are many, all of the religions mm. have this as their key, this idea of some something beyond death. Yeah. But they all rely on belief. If you see a ghost or you can go to a seance and communicate with spirits or get a message back from Auntie Flo to say she's fine on the other side via the medium that you've just given so much amount of money to. Yeah. Then what you're what you're being given is proof of survival of death. Ah. So at the root core of seeing a ghost is the reassurance that well, the ghost has survived death. So there is something afterwards. So there must be something after beyond ah. death itself. So wouldn't that mean that everybody's a ghost after death? It might do. Ah. But then, according to quantum physics, we might all be anyway. That's true. But that's that's for another that's a show. Different story. A different we'll topic. go on that one. Yeah, we'll. Um, now you're just going to confuse me totally on that one. Well, we'll stick to we'll stick to dealing with ghosts at the moment. Dealing but with but there, I mean, there are physicists who who look at quantum mechanics as a route to explaining many of these phenomena. But of course, because it's uh, quantum mechanics itself is little understood by the mainstream then they grasp at straws. They will. Oh well, you know, it can all be explained by quantum physics. Um, it can't, unfortunately. I wish it could. But you've got organisations in the UK. You've got the Ghost Club, founded in 1862. You've got the Society for Psychical Research, uh, mm. which was founded in 1882, both of which are still going, both of which are still actively trying to examine this question of, you know, what what's a ghost, what's a haunting, what mechanism... Mm. By what mechanism do ghosts appear or do they manifest to the living? That's the thing. And I mean, they haven't got any answers. They haven't, no. even after all this time. We can answer some of the questions. Like, we can tell you what a ghost, what isn't a ghost. Right. For example, there are many things like when doors move or things happen that may be attributed to ghosts. Yeah. Then we can say that with a degree, a high degree of certainty in many cases that by a, a careful process of examination, investigation and elimination, that they that had a normal and mundane explanation. There was a The orb you mentioned before yeah. is one, one very good example of um, a, a perfectly explainable, rational phenomena. Because that's the thing, people will look at certain things like an orb and they'll go, oh, that was a ghost or that was a spirit. And as, you, as we did say, they clump a lot of these words all in together. Um, and they they will turn around and go, well, I saw that, so therefore it was a ghost. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can turn around and go, well, maybe it wasn't. But then, but then they'll go, well, I know what I saw. Yeah. Um, so it's going. You end up on this this circular argument yeah. where you're, because for many people, the belief in ghosts is akin to a, a belief in religion. Um, yeah. It's very it's a very powerful belief. They trust their senses. They trust what they believe. But unfortunately, as a scientist, of course, belief doesn't change fact. No. Belief isn't fact. No. And that we can demonstrate that in that some of these experiences are created by the environment, or the environment interacting with the person, or the person misunderstanding a norm, perfectly normal event. But when you do get the people that actually see them, mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to find out what they actually see. Well, the only way we're ever going to find that out is if we can plug the plug them into a camera, I guess, because that'll be interesting. We have a problem with witnesses too. Mm. Music? Yeah.
Ghost Town by the Specials. I always thought Ghost Town was written, well, when I first moved down to Haverfordwest. It was like Ghost Town during Christmas shopping season, six o'clock in the evening, everything was like. Whatever happened to late night Christmas shopping? Do you know? I think it still goes on. And we're talking about ghosts. We are. I'm gonna. I, do you know what? 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 How about? How about what? How about finding out about the time when someone shot a ghost? <laughs> what? No, seriously. This How is, could somebody shoot a ghost? This is this is the true one. It took place in 1804 in Hammersmith, London. Um, Local residents uh, for the previous three or four months had been reporting multiple sightings of a ghost around the area. Uh, but on the particular evening in January of 1804, um, the case took a shocking turn. Ooh. Yeah, it got into English law, this. The Hammersmith ghost, as it was called, had actually been reported earlier in uh, the previous, late in the, uh, November of 1803. And it wasn't just content with floating around West London. <laughs> Um, it also supposedly attacked people. Um, people were said to have been grabbed by the Hammersmith ghost oh in and around Hammersmith churchyard. Oh, Several ghost. people thought it was the spirit of a man who had killed himself and his spirit could not lie at rest. The descriptions varied, but it was tall and wore white. However, there were, of course, some sceptics even then. I imagine so. And uh, they said that this ghost was not everything it was claimed to be. Um, not least one witness who claimed that he'd seen the ghost discarding a white tablecloth before running <laughs> off down down the lane on one particular occasion. But many local people remained uh, sufficiently unnerved by the possibility of the Hammersmith ghost. Um, and the whole area had the jitters. Unfortunately, um, so they got up a posse. Oh, God. They did. They... <laughs> They, they they got themselves up a posse and started to patrol the streets. Um, on the 3rd of January, a uh, local man, Francis Smith, decided he was going to go out with his posse to look for Hammersmith's supernatural residence. And he took a blunderbuss with, a blunderbuss ah. with him. Um, so they were patrolling the streets. And he went off to patrol this particular area. Just as... Um, a bricklayer was making his way home. Oops. Now this bricklayer, as as bricklayers were apt to do back then, apparently wore white. Oh, mm. not the colour I would have associated. No. Um, but anyway, this poor bricklayer was making <laughs> his way home um, down the same lane, and upon spotting Smith... Oh, no. Armed with a blunderbuss and some, some mates who had just fallen out of a pub and had had a few ales, oh. uh, called out, who are you and what are you? And then shot him. Oh, so they, didn't, <laughs> they shot him first, they didn't from wait for the answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they shot him. It was very, it became immediately apparent that um, that this poor bricklayer, was not a John ghost. Millwood, was not a ghost. Um, and he was taken to the pub and uh, it was already too late. If he hadn't been a ghost before, he, he was certainly afterwards. was. Um, Smith was actually arrested. He was taken before the magistrates, convinced, and he confessed to shooting Millwood, but said that he genuinely believed that he was a ghost. Um, he was then taken to the Old Bailey and tried, and the jury had to answer the curious question. Is saying someone you thought was a supernatural being a defence against murder? Ooh. So what do you think the answer was? Um, no, I 
don't think it is a defence against. Well, they did. They did. They did. Um, really? They returned a verdict of manslaughter rather than murder. <laughs> However, the judge wasn't happy and forbade the jury from returning that verdict on the grounds that Smith, believing Millwood uh, should be a ghost, should not be considered a factor. The jury was sent out and told to go back and rethink what they... and to either convict him or clear him. Oh. Uh, They did deliver a a guilty verdict and he was condemned to death. So he was was a ghost after? No, that was... (laughs) There was there was a huge protest in around oh, Hammersmith, no. and the Home Secretary of the day reduced the sentence, commuted him to a year in prison with hard labour, which is why it was a very good reason why ghost hunters should not carry blunderbusses. Well, yeah, not only that, what I want to know mm-hmm. is, did anybody see the original supposed ghost? It's not the first and only time a ghost has been shot at. <laughs> You were going to ask. Uh, psychical research records, uh, there are at least four that I can think of. Uh, one that took place in Lancashire. But was it a person or was it a supposed ghost? Oh, no, this was this was a baker going on his way home early one morning. Because <laughs> oh bakers are covered in flour. Right, yeah. And uh, this was another ghost that had been reported terrorising young ladies oh as they walked to and from the mill. And uh, a posse was got up. And they took out pistols and they shot the ghost. Fortunately, on that occasion, the baker survived. Oh, good. Um, Otherwise, they'd have lost out on the bread. Yeah. So, there yeah. you go. So, it's it's a dangerous... It is uh, a dangerous dangerous situation. being a ghost. Yeah, because right. you could get shot and killed. Yes. Yeah. And then turn into In a fact, ghost. there's an American ghost hunting group who claims to have caught a ghost and then killed it by blowing it up. But that's an entirely different thing. Not even going down that road. You don't want to. They're from Tennessee anyway. <laughs> Hey, JD was made in Tennessee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's a Tennessee. They'll talk like that in Tennessee. <laughs> hey, it's a Damon. What's the Damon's name? <laughs> it's Matt. Matt Damon. <laughs> Get out of here. All right, What's the music on? in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun In the The party had just begun the guests included Wolfman, Dracula and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. 
It caught on in a flash They played the mash They played the monster mash Out from his coffin wax voice did ring Seems he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash It's now the monster mash The monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's now the mash It's caught on in a flash It's now the mash It's now the monster mash Now everything's cool, Jack's a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is sent you Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash the torture went 
such a terrible sight. She was running up and down my spine. Latest news for Pembrokeshire. I'm Jonathan Twig. Local Assembly member Paul Davis.